0: So thankful that you came to be with us this morning in this room, in this place. We're going to continue for the next nine weeks looking at how God sings to us and has given to us songs to sing back to Him in the Psalms. That's really what the Psalms are. The Psalms are a 1,000 year look in redemptive history. No other book in the Bible spans that much time from 1400 B.C. to 400 B.C. John Calvin calls this, the psalms, the anatomy of every part of the soul. Sometimes we sing, as Christians, happy songs. If you listen to Christian radio, sometimes you only hear happy songs. But one-third of the psalms, one-third are lament, sadness, darkness, is my only friend. Whom have I in heaven? Father, why have You forsaken me? It's the third most quoted book in the New Testament. And we're going to look this morning to Psalm 1, where we can potentially, perhaps, it's Ezra who wrote this psalm who is welcoming us with the author of the Psalter. It's placed here first as a way to open the door into what is this book about? Well, we are going to read together what this book is about. So it's printed there in your bulletin. It's Psalm 1, and we print uh, the new translation, NIV 2011, so that's the one I'm going to be reading from, Psalm 1, verses 1 through 6. Let's look at not just what the Psalter is about, but what your life is about. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This is God's Word. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, open the eyes of our heart. Let us see Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, bridge the infinite gap from these words printed in black and white to our heart. Let us hear the voice of our Savior who has given us the blessed way. He Himself is that way. Would you help us to sink our roots deeply, into him. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Let me tell two stories. One as a little bit of an illustration and the second a personal anecdote as we enter into this psalm. The first one is we had one of our houses, um, two houses ago on St. Andrew's Drive there in Evans, Georgia, a big tree, big old oak tree. And what's amazing about it is we would start nailing little it wasn't really a tree house, but you could take little planks and you could climb up. And, and as my son was growing four, five, six, seven, we, we had this pretty amazing tree to climb in. But one of those rough Georgia windstorms took this huge tree down with just the blow of the wind. Just absolutely, just like, and it fell 10 feet from crushing my son's bedroom. It took out the corner of our house. And when you come to find out, when you see this huge oak tree that we had climbed in and put swings on and had dropped leaves that we have been raking, it, it had been a part of our life. It was the thing you saw when you looked out the back of our house. It was what you saw. With just a just a gust of wind, you saw that it was rotten from the out. It looked strong. It wasn't. It was hollow. It was not, it had no substance. And it was actually dangerous. Just a gust of wind blew it over. This psalm wants to fill us up, this psalm wants to heal our roots. This psalm wants to give us substance. Now, a personal anecdote. I wasn't happy growing up. I was pursuing. You know, I went to homecoming with. I'll get this eventually on my ear. I went to homecoming with. A girl who appears on TV now, you know, Aaron Andrews. I went to a, a college, worked for a newspaper, a TV station. I was on, I was on TV. I looked into a camera, and they put my name under my face. I, I wasn't happy though. And Willem van Gimmeren, who is a translator and commentator, says that one way to understand. The word blessed is just happy. Happy is the one. Did you know it's possible to be happy? Looking back on my life before Christ, before I knew how loved I was in Him, I wasn't happy. I was exhausted. I was insecure. I was terrified. I was hollow. I wasn't happy. And this psalm promises us happiness. You may not even think that's possible. You may think that's stupid. Or you may think that's only circumstantial. This promises. A relationship with God through Jesus Christ is a blessed life, a happy life, not based on how your kids are doing, or how your 401, 3b, or 401k is doing, or how your skin is doing, or how your house is doing. This promises blessedness beyond circumstances. So let's look first at these these three questions. What's being promised, how it's experienced, and why it's possible. Because I want all of you to know that if you feel rotten, if you feel hollow this morning, there is good news for you. If you feel unhappy, if you feel lost, if you feel overwhelmed, there is good news for you this morning in this psalm. What is being promised? First, look, it says stability is being promised. Blessed is the one who... Blessed is the one who. How do we understand that blessing? Verse 3, the person that's blessed is like a person is a tree planted. In Augusta, where I've been for several years, you know, the Augusta National, every year, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my entire life. I've been there several times. I actually played it. It's, like, ridiculous that somebody like me who embarrasses the game of golf would get to play on that course. But every season, they take every blade of grass up, completely replace it. Every blade of grass, everything is unrolled like a brand new carpet. It's always new. And you'll see going down Washington Road, the road that leads towards Magnolia Lane and all the beauty behind that beautiful golf course. They spend millions and millions of dollars every year. You'll see huge, completed pine trees that are hundreds of years old rolling down these 18-wheelers. Complete trees that are like, not little seedlings, The Augusta National and the the richest human beings in the world who love golf carry these completed trees and plant them at the most beautiful garden of golf that you could ever imagine. Now, I'm not a tree, and I can't really imagine what it would be like to be a tree. But together, let's think. If you were a tree, where in the world would you love to be planted? You know, the beach is great. Hurricanes come, though. The Augusta National, where thousands of people come, where the skilled people of golf come, it is idyllic. Those trees are planted. Have you thought about your life I think back to my life of those seasons where I felt unstable. Where it depended, my life depended on when I posted that on Instagram and it only got 11 likes. uh, Sorry, I felt that way. Where I had hurt my wife and I was unsure of what she was going to say to me. How's she going to respond? I had failed people that I worked with. It, would, it was found out that I was talking behind their back. And I was unstable. I didn't know what, who am I? What's true about me? I felt unstable. I felt like any wind would blow on me and i i just blow over. I was weak. This psalm promises that a life in relationship with God through Jesus Christ is a stable life. Oh, you get to feel sad and happy, terrified and joyous, but you're stable. Would you describe yourself as someone who's stable? The God of the psalms wants to describe you and provide for you stability that you can be planted. Not floating around insecure. Did I do enough? Was that good enough? Was that fine enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I strong enough? Did I make enough money? Unstable? Instability? Insecurity? What is it today, today? Today? Insecure? Anxious? It also promises fruitfulness. This psalm promises stability that you can be stable and you can bear fruit. That your life can be a blessing to others. It says, verse 3, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit. Yields its fruit. The blessed person is a tree planted that yields fruit. Did you know that God made you? He blessed you to be a blessing to others. I think that's radical. I don't think that, I, I bet half of you in here don't believe you're much good to other people. I believe half of you might have come in here thinking, what can I get out of this church service today? What's in it for me? I want you to know that God has invited you to give you a good word, good news, so that you can be a blessing to others. So that your life could bear fruit, honesty, Kindness, courage, generosity, compassion, patience. Where the world is better because you're in it. Do you believe that? That you can exist. That you can thrive. That your stability can be for the benefit of someone else. Your kids. Your spouse. your Grandparents. Your place of work. This community, that coming Georgia, Forsyth County, needs you. That there's something that this place is missing because you aren't contributing it. Isn't that amazing? God says the blessed life is a life that bears fruit. I've experienced that. Debbie Negley reached out to a newspaper article and said, we've got a great new pastor. We're excited about him. Because she had a relationship in this community, a guy who's who doesn't know Jesus got to spend an hour and a half with John Burkhalter and I while we talked about Christ with him. That guy who wrote those words in that newspaper, he's not a Christian. Did you read it? The Gospels presented, and that guy had to type it out. Debbie Negley's life is bearing fruit. And we don't even know what that fruit's going to look like yet. None of us can ever know what that fruit is going to look like yet. Did you know that Ravi Zacharias, the great apologist, he was called to ministry where he's gone to college campuses and Islamic countries and atheistic countries, where Ravi Zacharias, this man in his 70s, who was talked about convincingly about who God is in Christ, in places that you and I could never go. He was compelled, called to ministry, as it were, as a younger man standing on the graveside, not the graveside, standing on the graves of Vietnamese missionaries who were killed for their faith. And as he saw, they were thinking, imagine what those missionaries thought, dying for Christ. Oh well, my parents wanted me to be a doctor, and I'm dying for Jesus. No one's ever going to know about me. And their graves were buried over in Ravi Zacharias, several years later, stands and they say, he says, they died for me. They believed in the claims of Christ so much they would go to death. Who am I? It's not just about newspaper articles. and about just buying somebody's cup of coffee at Starbucks. What could God do with your life well lived for Him? The fruit you could bear 10,000 years from now, they're not going to be talking about Adolf Hitler. They're not going to be talking about presidential candidates. 10,000 years ago, 10,000 years from now, if you brought a cup of cold water, if you visited a prisoner, if you loved someone who was unloved, we will be singing about that for all of eternity to Christ's glory and your inclusion in that. You are included in In Christ's kingdom. It's extending through you. When God says, you are my ambassadors, your home is not a castle. Your home is an embassy of grace where people are welcomed in and they say, this is the king's welcome. Your life can bear fruit. And connection. A blessed life is one of stability, fruitfulness, and connection. Verse 5, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. What's promised in the blessed life is that you have a we. Not the Nintendo video game. You have an us. And isn't that really these days when we talk about the, like the politicized, the politicized days of us versus them, isn't that exhausting? But it also makes sense. In, in middle school, it was what neighborhood you lived in. In high school, it's which high school you go to. It's like we always have this mob mentality. It's us versus them. The whites versus the blacks, the rich versus the poor, the southsiders versus the northsiders, the confederates versus the yankees, uh, the liberals versus the, the versus the conservatives. It's we squad up so quickly. Right? Girls in high school know this so much. It, as soon as someone. You said something wrong, or that guy was interested in you. Suddenly, like her friends squat up against you, and it's like, why did I get excluded? What did I do wrong? Immediately, you're like, how? We're always longing to know that we will be included in the assembly of the righteous. That's a way of saying the qualified, the welcomed, the righteous. That's a way of saying they had what it took to be in. We were welcomed in the assembly. You all are longing to be welcomed. I wish every single Sunday, I'm not saying we need to do this. I'm not saying we need to do this, Tom. But it's not a means of grace. But if every single Sunday somebody else got to be get a standing ovation... That's how God sees you in Christ. I don't know that you believe that. But when God sees you, when you enter His presence through Christ, you get a standing ovation. I don't know if you know that about God. Through Christ, He welcomes you. And a blessed life is one of connection to others. You have an us us, you have a we. It's we. You get to come here with all of your stuff. All of your poverty and all of your riches get to lay it down. All of your wrinkles and all of your zits, you get to be welcome. All of your perfume and all of your B.O. It's welcome. The Christian church is your connection. You get a congregation. Because isn't that what the wicked are about? They're walking with the sinners. The wicked, they're standing with the sinners. They're sitting in the company of mockers. That's what they're experiencing. The wicked, it's amazing about this wicked. The wicked, uh, the, the word, their Hebrew word is uh, untied. You know, when you think about wicked there in verse 1. Wicked. So wicked. Oh, she's what You think like black fingernail polish and like, you know, killing birds or something like on purpose for pleasure. I don't know. You know, wicked. Oh, wicked. Like dark trees with no leaves on it and shadows and like music that's loud. Wicked. You know, those wicked people. The Hebrew word wicked just means loose, untied, unmoored, just floating around. Nothing holding it down. So how's it experienced? Stability, fruitfulness, and connection. We can move rather quickly through this. It's experienced in community. I've I've kind of already talked about that. It's experienced in community. You need need people that will will love you. It can't just be in the mind. What's interesting about the blessed one is who does not walk in step with the wicked? That's about your intellect. One way to it is it, consider their ways. That's the intellect. Or stand in the way of sinners. That's about your choices. The, the Hebrew transla- these translations are, are helpful, but the first one about walking in step with the wicked. It's about they're teaching you. It's intellectual and then in verse 1 standing in the way of sinners that's a choice it's morality it's the choices you make but then lastly sit in the company of mockers do you know who you sat with in the first in, in the ancient near east did you sit with the greeks did you sit with the jews did you uh, sit with the essenes did you sit with the zealots it's who you belong to it's who you identify with so this is experience by coming and sitting and saying I belong to Parkway. I belong to Jesus Christ. This is my community. It it doesn't just happen sitting alone at the kitchen table. 95% of the Bible is written in the plural verbs and plural pronouns. We live in, in Georgia. Some of you guys moved down here, but let me translate for you. 95% of the Bible is written to y'all. It's y'all. And so if you read Ephesians, every single verb, every single pronoun is to y'all. Paul is presuming in all of those great promises, put on the full armor of, of God, y'all. And so if you sitting by yourself or listening on, on the car ride home or having your daily devotions, if you're alone, you're not experiencing what God meant for you to experience. It's come to the community. It's hear an amen. It's sing someone it's hear someone sing a song you don't love, and they sing it. It's hearing someone say a confession you don't believe in that moment. You're struggling to believe. But the community is welcoming you. It's waking up early. It's, it's going and having coffee with someone. It's sitting at the kitchen table and talking things out. You know one of the best things I've got? I've got Ollie Thomas. I sit in, in, the, in, the, in his basement. That's where I've been living. With Ollie and Julie Thomas. And every night when I would want to go home in (laughs) self-hatred and like, I don't even know what I did today, I get to talk to Ollie. He gets to tell me what he's reading. And then I get to tell him what I'm reading. And he listens to me and I listen to him. I'm not alone. And then the next morning I wake up and there's like a book on my, like either bought it or wrote it or something. (laughs) Because I'm not alone. Our, it's experiencing community. Man, this is so fun. We've got next week. I want to honor your time. Let's hold meditation and judgment. Meditation actually means groaning. Like if you have a stomach ache, it's the only thing you can think about. The blessed life is the one who meditates on the law of the Lord, um, groans with it. It's, it's the only thing that you can, that word meditate just means it's the only thing, it's the defining principle. If you have a stomach ache, you meditate on your, on your experience, you ponder, you isolate, you imagine, that's what that word means meditate on his law he meditates day and night god's law and remember when jesus talks about the psalms he says as you've heard in god's law and then he quotes a psalm. law does not just mean the ten commandments i think about the ten commandments all day in life Ugh, that's exhausting that's terrifying no god has authority in my life god's authority when jeremiah talks about the writings of moses the beautiful promises of Moses, he calls it law. When Jesus talks about the Psalms, he calls it law. We meditate on, we groan, we, we like isolate and imagine, God is in charge of me. God's opinion is true of me. That's the judgment piece. You must be judged. That's what Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok's about for the kids. That's what your career and your you know, your 360 evaluation and your direct reports and your boss, at the end of the year, you look at your final statements. You love judgment. You need to be judged. You're just putting yourself in the in the hands of the wrong people. We sold our house. You know, we closed on it February 28th. I had to have a an adjuster and an inspector and a VA loan person. I had people have have these credentials to say, this is how much the house is worth. They were empowered to tell me what my house is worth. Not my my six-year-old Lila. She doesn't get to tell me what my house, house is worth. She has no idea. Who have you empowered to judge you? Do you meditate on the law that God is in charge of you? You are in need. You are a sinner. You are a betrayer to the crown of God. You need judgment. Who am I? You are guilty. You are diseased. You are ruined. And in Christ, you are loved. You are welcomed. You are forgiven. If you don't have the first, how can you live in the second? God looks at you rightly. He knows you completely. You're not hiding from him. You're not performing for him and doing a little dance and going off and saying like like sometimes in high school we used to do for our parents, like yes ma'am, yes ma'am, like Eddie Haskell, of course, of course, and then talk behind their back and do whatever you want to do. That's not God. You're not performing for him. And then going behind your and taking care of yourself. You are meditating on the law of God that there will come a time when there is judgment. The wicked will not stand the unloosed that are disconnected and floating around and saying, it's up to me if it's going to be. I'm going to make it on my own. Sin is autonomy. It's self-sufficiency. I don't need community. I'm the judge. I don't need words. I'll figure it out on my own. You know why this is possible? Because of the tree. Did you know that the Bible begins with a tree? Read Genesis 2. There's a tree planted in a garden with streams, four of them. This tree in the garden was a tree of life that Adam and Eve could eat from. And did you know that the Bible ends with a tree? Revelation 22. The Bible begins with a tree. The tree of life planted with streams and ends with a tree. Revelation 22. Verse 1-5 through Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life. The Bible begins with a tree planted in a garden. The Bible ends with a tree planted in a city with the Lamb of God sitting on the throne nourishing and feeding that tree and all that prosper. Because in the middle of the Bible is that Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of His people Cursed is the one who is hung on a tree. Jesus Christ came to be the one who would be the tree of life. He would meditate on God's law perfectly. He would gather to Himself a community of disciples. And He would follow the law day and night. He would delight in it. He would never sin. And He would take our place on the tree and he would be the tree of life and from him would flow not just rivers of water but his own blood to cover us that's how welcomed you are in God that he in the middle of it at the center of our scriptures we have God providing for us the tree that has been planted stable fruitful connected And these streams, remember when Jesus talks to the Samaritan woman, the lost woman who's been discarded and harmed and ruined, a victim of divorce after divorce. We always say, oh, that woman in Samaria, she sure was, she sure did get around. She was a loose woman. She couldn't divorce anyone. In the first century, no woman was able to divorce. She had been divorced five times, she had been discarded. She had been searching for connection. And she'd been disconnected. And Jesus said, I'll give you living water. You'll drink the water that I give and out of you will flow living water. You will be a blessing to your community. And she goes back to that backwards, inverted, racially confused part of town and she says, come and hear about the man who told me everything about me. He knows me. Isn't that incredible, this promise? Verse 6 for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. You in Christ are watched over. You're known. Because when Jesus was on that tree, He cried out, My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me? On the cross, when Jesus was dying for you and I, our lack of fruitfulness, our lack of connection, our lack of community, our lack of stability, our lack of loving and delighting in the law of God, when He's dying for us, He's forgotten by God. So that you and I would never be. If your faith is in Christ, the Lord watches you and knows you. He's your ever-present help in trouble. He sees you. He cares for you. He invites you to delight on His authority. Receive His judgment so that you might receive His blessing so that you might be a blessing to your family. So that you might wake up and be a blessing to this community. So that you might know that He rejoices over you with singing. So that you can rejoice over others that are in need. What's promised is stability, fruitfulness, and connection through Jesus Christ. No tree plants itself. This is a miracle. If you're a Christian, you are a miracle. You have been planted in the love of God through Jesus Christ. Send your roots deeply into that love. Delight in him, knowing that you have been delighted in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. We thank you for this psalm. Would you help us to be happy? Would you help us to experience this blessing? Oh Lord, would you help us? You are our ever-present help in times of trouble. Give us what we stand in need of, we pray, through your Holy Spirit, by the power of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand together for this closing hymn.